Hey, welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. Now, this episode today is a little bit different. Back at episode 93, my guest was Rob Rhodes. Rob has a Facebook Live video show called The Musicians In, where he invites people on to talk to him about different topics relating to music, the music industry. I've been very lucky to have been invited onto his show twice now. Um, the first time was back in May 2020. And the topic was podcasting, and, and that was fun. Um, but recently, Rob asked me back to join the panel along with Bennett Livingston and Peter Hope to talk about music work balance. Um, we discussed things like our day jobs, challenges involving working full time, as well as juggling gigs, coping with long hours, favorite gigs, near misses, and horror stories, as well as a bunch of other stuff. Um, so we thought we'd share this with you today. So um, I hope you take away something from it. Uh, it was fun. It was informative. Um, if you want to watch the video version of it, I've put a link to that in the show notes. Check that out or follow the Musicians In Facebook page and catch all the up-and-coming discussions as well as the back catalogue of past episodes. Um, all right. Episode 96, The Musicians In Music Work Balance. Here we go. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Musicians Inn. I believe this is episode 16. I should know it's episode 16. It's my damn show. But that's a guess. No, it's written in front of me, so it is. Um, tonight we're talking music, work, and life balance with my guests that I'm going to introduce right now. Pete Hope, Stevie Taylor, Bennett Livingston. Hey, guys. Hey, How man. Are you? Hey, mate. How are you? Good, good. Not a lot of cultural or... Um, sexual diversity here tonight apologies for that but um I'm doing my best doing my best how you all doing I can be whatever you need me to be <laughs> the bearded lady do it go that'll do <laughs> all right so we're here tonight to talk about the balance between having a full-time day job as well as being a gigging and touring musician and for some of us like stevie side projects and um, recording and whatever else so getting to know you is always the first segment so i'm going to kick off with you pete maybe um tell everybody who you are what you do a little bit of background and i'm going to solo you here so everybody can share Go. okay i'm pete i'm sitting in my garage um I'm a bass player, been bang, playing bass for 25-odd years, um, doing gigs um, in pubs and clubs around Sydney for the last 18 years, 18, 19 years now. Um, worked with a whole bunch of different bands, um, gigging pretty much most weekends for the last 18 years. Um, two um, of the more, more recent bands I've been part of is... Um, uh, Seattle Sound, which is a, a really popular um, 
you know, a grunge band that's been kicking around Western Sydney for about 20 years and um, more recently, Never Ending 80s over the last um, year and a half, um, who are some good friends of mine. Um, so, and I've been balancing that out with a local government job in, in Western Sydney, um, doing community development work. Awesome, man. Thanks. And um, we've uh, done the odd gig together with uh, at Firecap. We've done that one. Who mm-hmm. wants to be a rock star? Uh, yep. You did some fill-ins with Living in the 70s with our Sydney run, our first Sydney mm-hmm. run. Yep, good and, fun, man. And, and also anthems or something too. Didn't we do some gigs? Probably and probably some Big Night Out at one point as well. Big Night Out, um, that's it, Scruffy's yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so lots of Scruffy's, you know, I've done lots of Scruffy's gigs and lots of Fruise Monkeys gigs and whenever when those places were pumping and uh, I can't remember which was which, you know, so, yeah. Done them all, man. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Bennett, how are you, my friend? It's been a long time. It, it has been a while, mate. I'm really well. How are you? Good, good. All right. This is your moment to shine. Tell everybody uh, who you are, what you do, some of the things you've been involved in. Hey, everyone. Uh, first of all, thanks, Rob, for having me. Uh, it's awesome to be here. Um, my name is Bennett Livingston, and I play drums. Uh, I've been drumming for most of my life. Uh, I think my mum said I was bashing pots and pans when I was about four. Um, probably started playing kit around 10, uh, played in high school bands. Um, but I've only been playing professionally for the last 10 years. Um, I've always uh, always held a day job uh, pretty much since after high school. Um, and uh, so some projects I've been really lucky to be involved with over the last 10 years uh, while I've been playing professionally uh, include the main man himself, uh, Rob Rhodes, uh, in fact, gave me a uh, very first uh, paid professional gig, so always uh, forever grateful for that. Um, played in a bunch of cover bands around town um, and uh, over the last maybe three, four years, been doing some work with Pete Northcote, uh, CC Entertainment, um, and I've also played in some original bands as well, uh, including Yolanda and the Stolen Boys and uh, more recently, Lily. So, yeah, uh, awesome to, to be here tonight with you guys. Thanks for joining us, man. It's great to see you. You too, man. Stevie, long time no see, mate. <laughs> How long has it been? Like five days, six Something days? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks for me. Thanks for having me on uh, the Gig Life podcast last week. Yeah, that was a hoot. We had a blast. It was good fun. Good to yeah, talk to Could have gone on forever. It could have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so without further ado, tell, tell people that may not have seen or heard you before um, what, who you are, what you do. Um, my name's Stevie Taylor. Um, I'm not a professional musician, um, but I play drums and bass and guitar and a little bit of keyboards and a little bit of singing. Um, I'm an electrical fitter by trade, and I've I've always done that. Um, I repair um, <clears throat> electric motors and and uh, heavy duty machinery and that kind of stuff. Um, but I've always played in bands, um, always played in cover bands and, and had my own uh, original projects. Um, yeah, just doing the doing the 50, 60-hour-a-week thing and then going out on the weekends and just playing and just been flogging myself for the last – well, up until about three years ago when, um, yeah, I decided to kind of uh, tame it back a bit. So, And now I have a podcast called The Gig Life Podcast. So, um, yeah. It's good to be here, man. It's really cool. Good to have you back, man. We had you on the podcast special, which was uh, a lot of fun. That was cool. I basically just stole everybody's ideas off that one. 
All right, so there's links to everybody's socials uh, in the uh, description of the video so you can get Stevie's, all Stevie's links there and Linktree. Bennett, I've linked to uh, his YouTube page because that's uh, pretty Ooh, pretty exciting. Okay. There's some good stuff on there. And Pete's oh, Instagram. Thanks, so uh, after we're done here, folks, go um, check all that out. Now we've got some visitors here. Gabor, who is, uh, yes, one of my favourite guests and I keep getting him back. And Veronica's here. Nice to see you all. And, oh, look, Adam's here too. Adam's been hey, on a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, you got to support. You supported him, so it's got to come back, right? I think heckles was the word, but yeah. Yeah, Ramon's here. Hey, Ramon and Kim and Linda. Thanks for stopping by. All right. So tell us a little bit about your day job. You kind of touched on it there, um, sort of hours and days and um, and whether you're, you know, your own boss or you work for somebody and how the hours are flexible and stuff like that. Maybe start with you, Stevie. Um, are you sort of, are you self-employed? No, I'm not. I, I work for a company. I've been at this particular company for 11 years now. Um, yeah, so I work for some uh, some some other people, three other guys. Um, I'm the supervisor of my division, so that I guess gives me a little bit of flexibility. Um, but these guys that I've worked for, they've always been really supportive uh, of the times, the weekends where I've had to get away early to head up the coast or whatever, or um, if I played late Sunday night, they'll let me come in late Monday. But, is, but the the thing is, is I've always made up my hours. As long as I do my hours, they know when I'm going to be there, when I'm not going to be there. They're pretty cool with it, you know. Um, yeah. That's great, man. Bennett, how about you, mate? What is um, What is your day or your working week entail? Uh, so yeah, I've been really lucky actually, uh, to work for bosses who all like music over the years, which has been amazing, allows a lot of flexibility, a bit like Stevie, um, uh, you know, as long as I can get my job done, they're fairly flexible with things. Uh, my standard day, my standard hours are 8.30 to 5, um, but with my role, basically I'm, I'm pitching executives to come to events, which we run. And, um, normally that'll be 8.30 in the morning to 9.30 a good time to get them on the phone, uh, maybe between four and five, but sometimes I'll work up until six or a bit later. Um, so basically it's just getting people on the phone throughout the day. Um, it allows me to work from home. So, um, well, recently, uh, which has been awesome because I've been trying to push towards that. I've been in this current company for five years and uh, built up a really good relationship with them, getting really good results. They're happy, I'm happy. So it's it's all been a, a, a really good process um, so far. And um yeah, the work from home thing's been massive. So I can like literally, I'll get up at five. Been getting into kind of meditation the last few years, so I do a little bit of meditation, go for a walk, we're out near the water. So well, it's a little bit cold lately, so I haven't been going for swims, been ch- uh, chickening out. But uh, you know, try and get out and do some exercise first thing in the morning. So by the time I'm actually calling people at eight thirty, I've almost had like a mini morning coffee, ready to go. Um, yeah, so no, it's it's been been really good. Awesome, man. I went for a swim today. It was uh, a little bit colder than the last couple of days, but uh, it was still, Crazy, still all right. That's still you're right. a braver man than I am, mate. Eh? <laughs> well, like the water temp's still about 21 up here. I was going to so say, once you're actually in the water, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Unbelievable. Pete? 
Um, it's a pretty similar story, I guess. Um, I generally work from about 7.30 or 8 in the morning till about 5 each day. Um, doing community work, you get a lot of um, evening meetings occasionally that you need to attend and whatnot. So I do rack up hours pretty quickly during the week and I've always got tons of, I guess, some time up my sleeve, uh, flexible time to use. And that's been really uh, handy uh, over the last year, especially because I've been away from the office pretty much every Friday with never any 80s traveling across the country or whatever. I've got a good arrangement with work who who know that, uh, um, you know, as long as I keep delivering and doing the role, then I, I will. Um, and there hasn't been any problems so far. I'm about to change roles, though, uh, into a uh, probably a, a less pressure role in terms of um, uh, I've been like I've had about five or six staff over the last uh, year or so that I've been managing, but I'm about to go into a social planning role where I'll just be looking after myself primarily, which is great. Um, and and so that's 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 awesome. Um, and but no, definitely don't work for myself. I've got about four rungs of management above me, um, and then politicians above that. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's um, but yeah, I, I've been really really lucky that they've been able to kind of let me do what I need to do to keep playing music and I'll make it up to them when I can. Awesome, man. Well, while I've got you, maybe um, you can talk to some of the difficulties you've sort of encountered juggling both things as far as, you know, travel, sleep, all that kind of time management stuff. Well, I'm more pissed off that I don't get to go to a lot of the concerts that I want to go to, for starters. That's been one of the um, most um difficult and painful things um and basically the the general loss of kind of a, a social life and and missing um your friends and everything i mean you see your your family on a daily basis general generally but um there's all the other things that you like to to do and and unfortunately if you're committed to to gigs and whatever you gotta you gotta stick those commitments and um uh you know miss out on a few things that you'd like to you'd rather enjoy um it was a lot harder, I think, when I was younger and, and adjusting to work life. Um, I, th I find it a lot easier now. I've got a much stronger um, work ethic. And so, but I think the, the, the trickiest part and the hardest part is not getting to do everything with their family that you want to do um, and missing some of your kids' dance concerts or, um, you know, um, uh, whatever whatever they're up to just because you you got all those commitments. But what you do to bring the money in and how has that been since lockdown because maybe those dance concerts still haven't been there and you haven't you've been able to spend more time with the family but maybe not take in those little extracurricular activities uh well it's it's only those weekends like i'm i've actually um been kind of enjoying the break basically um from from gigging so i can spend that time with the family and um, not getting to do the concerts or anything, but I'm just getting to do the pickups from dancing rehearsal and and all those kinds of things. And my son does air league, so I get to follow the work that he's doing as well. So um, it's been quite good to to catch up with them. I'm going to look at back at this time. You know, it's a pretty terrible time generally, but um, it's it's given me the first opportunity in a long time to see what's going on with the family. Killer man. How about you, Stevie? How was um. How has uh, the the difficulties you've found over the years of going back to maybe when you were gigging because you haven't been gigging solidly for a while, but what were some of the difficulties that you came across? 
Um, sleep, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you kind of get used to that. Um, That's good training for having kids though, right? Totally. <laughs> See, <laughs> the hardest part was when, when my kids came along, um, kind of like Pete said, you, you, you know, you, you do miss some things. Um, and I found because I was working so much during the week and then away in the weekends, you know, like I, I'd go work my full week and then on a Friday get home, pack my car or go pick my kids up, bring them home, pack my car. I'm gone till the morning and then it's up early off the soccer. I'm a zombie, <laughs> bit short with them and grumpy. Um, then in the afternoon there's a birthday party or something, um, probably get home for an hour, um, load the car again, off we go to Saturday's gig. Um, Sunday, kids are up early, um, and then it's a Sunday gig, and then it's Monday again. It's back to work. So um, the uh, the hardest part was uh, not seeing it, not seeing any time off, like looking at the calendar and maybe fourteen, fifteen days away. Literally, there's a day off, or there's half a day, or something like that. Um, and the other thing is the wear and tear on my body, on my hands, and my shoulders, and my back. Um, just playing so much and working because my job's quite physical. And um, I think, yeah, ultimately that was, that was what sort of made me kick back and, uh, sorry, sort of drag it back a little bit and, and, and drop the gigs. Yeah. Cool. Bennett, you, um, like Pete, you've been part of some pretty big shows, which take rehearsals and a lot of preparation. Um, so it's not just like going out, Weekend after weekend playing the same set. Um, there's a lot of work that goes on in the background for the C-Cent shows and North Coast shows, et cetera. How, um, how challenging was all that and balancing the full-time work? It's, it, it's been challenging a few times. Um, uh, there was one company that I was working with prior to the one I'm with now um, where I had, I think it was the first CC Entertainment show, the Led Zeppelin show in the Palais, um, uh, really short notice. Um, and I just walked up to the boss. I said, I need to speak to you. And I said, I need the week off. Um, thankfully, I'd been getting some good results prior to that. I, was, I think I was only like maybe six months into the role. Um, and he just looked at me and he just went, I can just tell by your eyes you need to do this. So I'll say yes. Um, so I was, I was out. Um, but the rest of like, I've been really lucky, especially the last five years uh, with the company that I've been working with. Um, you know, sometimes it'll be I'll just take um, annual leave like unpaid. Um, other times I can flip it where, you know, I'll work extra hours. Just, again, the same thing that, you know, Steve and Pete were kind of saying that as long as you get your role done, um, then, you know, if, if you've got a good boss, it can be flexible. So definitely challenges, but um, I've been lucky that they've been, you know, easily kind of navigated. Yeah, cool. Um, so what challenges have you maybe found outside of that um, as far as time management? And, you know, you're on the, is still in the eastern suburbs? Yes, yeah, definitely. So it's one of the hardest places. Yeah, it's kind of one of the hardest places to get around from because yeah. – when I used to live in Clavelli, sometimes it would, you know, I could see the Shire from, you know, from the coast, but it would take two and a half hours to get around there. <laughs> so how's how's that, like getting around to gigs from the eastern suburbs and work? Look, I, I, t- I take a lot of time, um, like I factor in a lot of time. I, I, I hate getting to places 
like kind of just on time or, you know, just when setup time is. Um, I've kind of become known with some of the projects that I work with, like they kind of have a laugh if they're there before me. Um, so I always, like it's one recommendation I'd say to anyone starting off in the industry, um, get there before, like there's nothing, like it, obviously if you're busy and you can only get there at a certain time and that's that. But if you're just sitting around faffing around at home for it, like get, get in the car, go enjoy music on the way, you know, get there, find somewhere to have a feed, if, you know, just try and factor that time in and it's so much more enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, thankfully I actually haven't had too many instances where it has been a challenge because I do try and allocate that time and I always want to be, you know, if, if the person who's hiring me rocks up and I've already got my gear set up and they're like, fuck, that's awesome. Um, I'm sorry for swearing. Um, you know, that makes me happy. So, uh, yeah, always try and factor in the extra time if you can. You can tell there's no singers here tonight. Um, you know, get get there with plenty of time. Prep, prepare. Don't just get there when at the last minute. Um. But isn't it fantastic the last couple of years that singers have been lugging their own PAs and everything like that? Well, yeah, that, I I oh, noticed the, that the tables have turned. Yeah, I've, I've noticed. I noticed that when I first moved up here. Actually, it wasn't so much in Sydney when I left, but um, everyone bought their own gear up here in Queensland. Drummers had their own you know, fold back and microphone kit and, you know, so when they would turn up to a wedding and I had everything all ready to go, they were like, what's this? You know, they couldn't believe there was fold back everywhere and lighting and the mics are ready to go. And so it took me a little while. I still don't let them use their own stuff because I'm a control freak. But um, it's, it's nice to know if I forget something that everybody's got something as a backup, which is great. All right, so how we got a question here from Veronica. Have you ever hit burnout point working so much? So I can see you nodding, everybody's nodding, but Stevie, you nodded first, which means that you're the winner. It's like fastest finger first here. So, um, yeah, maybe you can answer that question for Veronica. Yeah, man. Um, hi, Veronica. It was about five years ago for me. Um, like I was saying, I was getting a bit of wear and tear on my shoulders and my hands, but mostly the biggest issue I had was with my back because I have some fractures in my, in my lower back and I've always kind of been able to manage them. Um, but it got a point, it got to a point where it was working so much. It was, it was getting around, it was just after Christmas time. Um, that's always, as you guys know, the busiest time as musicians, corporate season and gigs, but also for my industry, um, it's a time where a lot of places shut down and they get all the maintenance done. So during the week I was just, I just had so much work on plus playing three, four gigs a week as well. Um, and just pushing through the pain in my back and, and that kind of stuff. And it actually got to a point where, yeah, I, I, I almost just shut down. I just couldn't, it was just hard to get out of bed. I was knackered. So I had to call my boss and take a couple of days off and, and call um, the owner of the band and said, look, man, I, I need a, a break. So I, he, he, in reasonably short notice, in about two weeks, he gave me a month off. So that was great that I was able to sort of um, rebuild myself, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, so that, that, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Hey, Makara, she was a former guest on here. Get her on soon. Very talented. How about you, Pete? Burnout? Look, I think the closest that I've I've come to a burnout is, is probably a period – there was a period where I was doing about three to five nights a week um, around about three or four different bands just um, and I just found 
that I was just really getting no musical enjoyment out of it at all, um, basically. Um, so I wasn't, um, it wasn't, I wasn't getting particularly down on myself or anything like that. I was just kind of really feeling like, oh, this, it was, it was more of a, oh, I'm playing the wrong kind of music or whatever. I feel like, you know, I'm just doing the wrong thing. Um, but that's probably the kind of um, closest that I've, I've actually come to it. So I'm pretty thankful for that. Um, but yeah, who knows where I would have ended up if we kept going. Cause I think I was booked solid for this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it is, uh, so already, it is so, funny yeah. that mental burnout, if you're not actually doing something that you're enjoying, whereas uh, physical burnout's a, another thing that was what Stevie was just talking about. But how about you, Bennett? Yeah, I had I had a few times um, when when I so I've only been playing for ten years like professionally so gigging, um, and when I first started I started because I knew I had so much catching up to do. Um, I just I said yes to everything, and then which is awesome. You get hired and you you gigging and it's the it's the best. You've got your day job and then you're rocking out on the weekends and life's great. And then I think it was like three or four years later, and it was just because I was saying yes to everything. Um, it was just I end up having to take a few. It, it wasn't that bad, like just literally kind of seeing ahead and going, well, maybe I should just take a weekend off, just recharging the batteries. And I think I've done that maybe twice over the 10 years. Um, and obviously, you know, nothing like that is happening at the moment. Um, <clears throat> so I can't see burnout happening for a while. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, – and, you know, there's machine – like, Rob, I mean, great question for you. Um, one of the hardest working guys I've ever met uh, and a massive inspiration in terms of your work ethic. Uh, can we ask you the same question? Like, you know, how, how have you dealt with it? You must have, well, you're a machine, so maybe you haven't. But Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Um, the first time I experienced it was when I had a full-time job. I was working at Allen's Music and uh, that was Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5.30 or eight, somewhere around there. And it was an admin job, so it wasn't, Cruisy, like all you salespeople out there, Jeff Jardine, I'm talking to you. Um, and so that was hectic and you couldn't really, I could maybe get away half an hour early. That was about it. Couldn't really do much. Um, and then juggling that with four gigs, four to five gigs a week. I, I only lasted six months and I had to give that job up. Um, thankfully, it was easy enough to play music um, and make enough money. But um then I did the 12, after that I did 12 years straight full-time playing music and the thing that burnt me out was doing the same thing night after night. So it wasn't like, you know, I was doing a, a wedding on a Saturday and I was doing a solo gig on a Thursday night and then I was doing a couple of band gigs and I was doing fill-ins. It was pretty much the same band midweek on Wednesdays at Scruffy's and then with Friday, Saturday, Sunday with the same people, the same group, the same, you know, attitudes, whatever, and that burnt me out because it stopped. It stopped being fun and actually started to feel like a job. Um, and that's when I said, "Well, if it feels like a job, I may as well go get a job." Which is doing fill-ins. It was pretty much the same band. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right, man. I just enjoy hearing my own voice back. Um, <laughs> You're talking rude of me. Um, but, yeah, it was um, – then I had to quit and then I went back to working and running the pubs and took some time off. And we played the odd gig, I remember, at the Sands and stuff. And uh, But that's when it came – that's when my sort of passion came back, just taking that little break. 
And uh, yeah, so yeah, I've definitely on a couple of occasions, no, no, never physically. I've never had any physical burnout, um, but mental, definitely. Yeah. Gary's here. Gary. Whilst playing in so many different acts, how do you manage to keep sharp and on top of the huge list of songs you need to play? Anyone want to um, take that one? Uh, I'll jump in quickly. Um, With, uh, um, uh, well, getting to work every day, um, public transport, when I first started, literally, well, to be honest, I kind of still do it. If I get offered a gig and it's new songs that I don't know, I kind of just listen to them nonstop whenever I can. So the bus trip to and from work, I'll be listening to them. Um, getting ready, I'll be listening to them. At work, I'll be listening to them. So I, I try and listen to the songs as many times as possible, um, I think, which has, you know, really helped over the years just in terms of getting to a gig and, and being able to, you know, not only play the songs but try and have some form of knowledge about, I don't want to try and say. Arrangement um, and stuff. Yeah, and, and feel. And for me personally, it, like I, I very much prefer a gig where I've been able to sit in the material for a long time um, and like live and breathe it when I play it. Um, that for me is a really enjoyable gig where I know I've done the work and I, I know, you know, the, the feels of the song and the, you know, especially as an example, like Pink Floyd, that stuff, I know it so well, but it's like, it's all about movements and flow and, and, and feel. And it's not just kind of playing a straight song and it's, you know, moving one song into another I love being in a gig and actually feeling that come through and knowing it from your gut, not just kind of going, oh, you know, is this what's coming up? And, you know, is, is it, you know, going to this part here? So, um, yeah, just listening to this material as much as humanly possible is, is basically what I try and do anyway. I'm envious of drummers because you don't have to deal with, um, you know, playing three different gigs with three different singers in three different keys on one weekend. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's how I was going to answer that question. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've played, played Wonderwall in five keys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Can I answer that question? Hi, Gary. Um, uh, for me, the, the, the bands that I play in, the, a lot of the music is much the same, but um, as Rob was saying, it's not true. We do get to play with different, different singers some weekends um there was a, a stage there f- probably for about six weeks where i was playing with uh three different bands over over those weekends we were playing the same songs but they were different arrangements um some of them were to click tracks uh the tracks were completely different so i'd have to almost chart out how just just so because you know sometimes you just get in a moment and you think you're in last night's band but you're not you're in tonight's band <laughs> and you're playing a different version of that song so um i guess yeah for me it was just it was just those things um as for the as for the you know big list of songs um yeah i guess um playing them that much they kind of they kind of get ingrained here it's just those little changes i got to write down sometimes yeah like valerie in a reggae feel <laughs> 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 How about you, Pete? Because you you bounce over the years. You've bounced around a lot from night to night. And how have you dealt with, you know, keeping sharp on all these songs and the different arrangements and keys, etc.? 
Well, if it's, if it's really busy, I don't need to worry so much because you're just jumping from gig to gig, so it's still fresh in your your memory. If a song, if a if a gig's coming up and I'm not, you know, I haven't played a song for a while or whatever, I'll have a good, I'll I'll have a listen to it, but I pretty much just listen to the vocals um, because I, I if you can follow the vocals, you can subliminally hear I think everything that's underneath, and that's the best way to I kind of trying to find like when I'm learning a song for the first time, I get my head around the lyrics first basically um listen to the song um the one i put most effort in every time a chisel gig comes up um like a chisel cover show comes up that's the one i know i need to sit down and actually play through the songs before the gig comes up because there's lots of sneaky little um bits and pieces that just don't that tend to come out of um, nowhere and you don't necessarily hear them um when you're just kind of refreshing in your head so that's that's probably the most complicated one that i think that um, I well, I found over the years that's the one I always need to focus on the most. Yeah, cool. Follow up question. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> because I'm too lazy to tune down to drop D. Gary, how many times do we have to go through this? Right. Gary plays with a band called Love Child. Everybody, check that out. They're doing uh, good things. Um, yeah, huge for me. It's just once it's in there, it's in there. If I haven't played it enough times, I won't retain it. Um, but once I've played it half a dozen times, six times, you know, ten times, then it's just in there. And it's the trick is not to let your brain get in the way and just let your fingers, you know, trust your finger memory because that's a massive thing to uh, that you that's overlooked. I think a lot is that that's the the memory is the whole body, right? It's not just the brain. So um, something learned and repetition is a great something that's a great tool to have. All right. Hope we answered your question, Gary. Um, he says, really rely on your ears. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk some funny moments now. Um, near misses, horror stories. Uh, I, give, I only gave the boys like 24 hours, maybe less than 24 hours because I sent this through last night uh, 1 a.m., the talking points. So, um, but uh, Bennett, maybe you've got some some funny stories or some, you know, horror so moments. Is this is this gigs I've played or gigs I've gone other people's gigs I've gone to and had unbelievably embarrassing moments myself? There's tons <laughs> of them. No, let's just keep it on stage. Unless it's really good, then you um, can show. No. Um, Man, do you know what? I've been really lucky that there haven't been like too many, you know, horror car car crashes, anything like that. Um, man, do you know what? There's actually nothing. I, I'm going to be really boring. There's nothing that really stands out. Um, but I do have so many stories, which I'm not going to go into of me, like younger, just drinking and going to other people's gigs. <laughs> Unbelievable stories. I just like wake up the next day and go, how did that happen? Um <laughs> But yeah, so I might come back. I might come back. But so yeah, no drum, that... no drum stills falling off the back of the stage. Oh, or... actually, do you know what? You've just reminded me. So my wife, and bless my wife, um, she reminded me this earlier today. So it may be I don't know if it was a gig with you. It was at uh, Scruffy Murphy's, and I'd left my throne at home, which is normally okay, but I could not find anything to replace it. So I call up my wife. She ends up getting in her pajamas in a cab with my throne, and I, think I, I remember meet, that. Yeah. I, I have to meet her on George Street in the middle of the night, and she's like 
throwing this thrown out out of the cab window. Um, that was yeah, not so great of me. Um, but yeah, there was that. And uh, actually, the RC McGee's, uh, I remember for getting it thrown as well, and having to use a ridiculously high chair to play the gig. Um, that was embarrassing. Um, but yeah, not too many others that that come to mind. I've been fairly lucky. I have an RG McGee story too. I went over. So the- do I. <laughs> I went over the speed hump that's just outside and the whole trailer came off and just scraped along the road. It's just like, and I'm out there trying to lift the trailer back up onto the car. But uh, you jumped in there, Pete. You got some? I just remember RG McGee's, I was doing an ignition gig um, about, I think it was about 2011 or something, and um, I, I came uh, to the gig feeling okay, walked on stage feeling a little bit queasy in the guts and then by the end of the gig I had full-blown gastro basically um, and I I did have to bolt off stage at one point to throw up um, and after the gig I had to sit on the toilet for about an hour and a half um, and it was just the most horrendous gig of my life because I've never actually cancelled a gig from being sick or anything like that um, and obviously it was way too late like I yeah, it was just and RG McGee's I don't know why We've all yeah, usually story. that happens at the snow I've been at where the whole band's got gastro at the snow it's just like it's a rite of passage to play ski rider and the whole band is on stage looking translucent <laughs> for, for many reasons not just the gastro but also, the night off that you have in between the the gigs. How about you, Stevie? Um, yeah, like heaps heaps of similar kind of stories, but uh, a couple that kind of go back. One of them is the is a, a was around that time I was starting to burn out. Um, it was Christmas Day. Um, <clears throat> my daughters were, I think, four and and two and a half, or and. We had opened the presents for the kids in the morning and then jumped in the car, started driving up. We we're about to head up to Avoca to my in-laws place and got on the freeway and micro slipped. Poof. And that was, I just, that scared the absolute shit out of me and my mm-hmm. wife. So um, that was a real wake up call at, um, pulled over and, you know, she drove and, and yeah, that was around the time I sort of put for that time off, time to have a break. <laughs> um <laughs> Another time, this is going back to my bad back. My back was really, really bad. I couldn't get a fill-in. Um, ben, as you know, as drummers, we tend to move our trunks around a bit when we play. Um, the fractures are right at the, the base of my my spine. So any sort of movement. Yeah. So what it, what we ended up doing was wrapping towels around my legs and my waist, almost oh, like, wow. like a corset to hold my <laughs> hold my. Wow my button my trunk together so my back wouldn't move you know so I could play my pedals because if I if I didn't do that my my right foot went to sleep I couldn't feel my bass drum oh wow yeah and just couldn't get a fill in so just had to do it man that was um <laughs> yeah actually that there's there's talk about little injuries <clears throat> I remember when we were doing American Idiot at the Opera House there was a moment about halfway through I, I just remember that week my shin had been having some issues. I never had shin issues before. Um, and I just remember halfway through the gig and I was playing in a Perspex kind of shield almost. Um, so I could see the audience, but the, the, they could only see a silhouette of me. About halfway through the gig, I actually remember thinking, and I've never like had a gig where like, you know, there's been, I've been really lucky, you know, always been able to 
playing a gig and not too many issues. But I just remember thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish this gig. And it's in the middle of the Opera House sold-out show. It's like 30 people on, on stage. <clears throat> you know, I'm driving the show. And my, my machine was seizing up that much. I was just like, I, and thankfully, I just played through it. But there was a split moment where it was like, this may not actually end too well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've had a couple of the microsleep moments. One yeah. was I was driving when I lived in Camden. I was on the M5 um, and I woke up. Something woke me up and I, or first thing I saw was the speedometer and it was 160 at red and then I saw two red rear tail lights like less than sort of 50 metres in front of me and I just had to quickly go whoop with the steering wheel. <laughs> whip around it, didn't bother about hitting the brakes, but that scared the hell out of me. And another one, I think back in the day when we used to play the Mean Fiddler, that was a tough drive home from Rouse Hill to Camden. And uh, I remember waking up because I could hear uh, like a gravel sound and I went, that's a strange sound like in my sleep. (laughs) And I woke up and I was on the northern road headed for a massive gum tree in the gravel on the side. And again, don't touch the brakes. Just slowly, like nudge it back onto the road. Yeah, some some horror horror moments. But um, yeah, we do a lot of driving up here, man. It's I think average. I was telling you, Stevie, we average a thousand kilometers a week yeah. when we're gigging, and it's three three and a half hours, four hours sometimes to a gig, depending on traffic through Brisbane and up to the sunny coast on a Friday. And like you said, Bennett, we just I would just leave at lunchtime. I didn't have to be there till five, five thirty to load in, but I would just leave at twelve and beat that traffic through um through the airport area there, Nudgy Beach at Brisbane and just yeah, chill out. True road warrior. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. So let's now let's talk about favorite gigs. So um favorite gigs, favorite venues, and uh, maybe some projects you know, that you can highlight that have just been, you know, so much fun to be a part of. And uh, we'll start with you, Stevie. Um, I don't think I've disliked anything that I've done, to be honest. Um, but some standouts, um, I play in a band called The Company, which is a it's a five-piece hip-hop band with, with four other Kiwi mates of mine. Um, that was a lot of fun. We did our own music and... Um, we got a uh, New Zealand on air grant uh, for a song that we wrote. So we ended up going back to New Zealand and recording the music over there and doing a music video. And um, yeah, it was always good fun um, with those guys. Um, yeah, man. I'm, I'm how about looking. endless? How about endless summer? There must have been some uh, some cool gigs over the years with them. Cool gigs, yeah. A lot of cool surfy gigs and um, a lot of gigs too. Heaps of gigs. Yeah. Shout out to Rob. Cheers, Rob. If you're watching, I don't know if he's watching. Is he watching? I don't know. Just oh, in right. case. Yeah, we're, yeah. All, we're all connected on Facebook. He'll, yeah, yeah, I'll cool. tag him in it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. And that that was the la- that's was the last band I was I was actually involved in. Um Yeah. Sorry guys, a bit boring for me. <laughs> no worries. Pete, how about you, mate? Um I'm really fortunate to have been playing to two really big shows in the last couple of years um, that have just been um, an absolute 
pleasure because we're just all such good um good mates like the the seattle show um for anyone who doesn't know seattle sound um has been going for about 25 years and they literally just pull hundreds of people into a a show uh in anywhere across western sydney or the shire um with hardly any publicity or promotion or anything like that they've just got such a strong name over the years and look i used to see those guys um play when i was 18 and 19 years old um and to get to work with them now and get to know them they're just funny definitely the funniest dudes to hang around um but just really like they've just been such great guys to work with so that's been so cool and obviously never ending 80s with you know adam who's one of my best mates and me and jason have been friends for a really long time so i've just slotted in there it's been fantastic um but i guess musically especially um for me one of Probably the band that I, I miss the most is plus a band called Ignition, where I was playing with um, Phil Bowley on guitar and, and James Poole on drums. And um, we were just hell on wheels, man. Like, I loved playing in, in that band. Those guys are just rock stars in my eyes. So, um, you know, we still catch up and still get to play occasionally. But um, I, I, I didn't, I wish I didn't take it so much for granted around that, I guess it was about 2010 to 2014, where we were gigging every weekend um so it was just fucking unreal <laughs> yeah i did a few gigs with that band too with you mm. guys that was yeah. uh good times crazy absolutely crazy sometimes oh man we could all write a book imagine what it would be yeah. <laughs> and bennett you must have um must have been hard to maybe pick a couple out here um for experiences as far as gigs and things you've been a part of? Yeah, I feel incredibly fortunate to have been able to um, have participated in some of the gigs um, and, and be at some of the venues. Um, like if someone had told me like over 10 years ago that, you know, I'd play six shows at the Opera House, I would have laughed. Um, you know, it's, it's it's been absolutely amazing. But so... Obviously, the American Idiot the whole tour was just crazy because I'd never done anything like that, and you know, I'm not a musical uh, musical theatre guy, <clears throat> but to be able to go on that whole experience was phenomenal. Um, obviously, the Opera House stands out. My old man had played there many years ago, so it was really special for me. Um, the first Led Zeppelin show or the um, show at the Palais with with Joseph and the CC Entertainment um, that was insane because I've been a fan. I've been really, excuse me. I've been really lucky that a number of the shows that I've been a fan of, so I used to go and pay to see a lot of the shows that I now get to to play. Just actually getting the call for that gig was insane, and then you know, two to, three days later, being in a rehearsal room with Jack Jones, and you know, I was just literally like, "What the f is going on?" And then finding yourself at the play, you know, at, at set up, and Jack Jones is like singing a cappella, you know, at sound check, and no one else is around. I'm just just mind-boggling then playing the gig when like you know you start actually kicking into some of the tunes and you, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face unbelievable um uh, all the um, shows i do with you know joseph and, and pete are just absolutely phenomenal and are just a gift um but another one uh, well a couple uh, quickly um lily we got to go overseas so we played um uh, uae um uh, we played at abu dhabi and, and dubai 
Um, that was pretty cr- crazy playing for the armed forces, uh, really memorable experiences. Uh, and also uh, a big one was playing at the whiskey. Um, that was amazing in itself doing the ultimate jam night. Um, again, like stuff like that, just being on stage, just catching itself, just going, what am I doing here? Like, how did this actually happen? Um, have just been, you know, magic. And of course, the big one, the first gig with you at RCMGs. <laughs> Man, I'm like a proud dad. Hey, I see, you know, I, I, it's not, it's no envy. There's no nothing. It's just so, I'm so proud that guys like you and Bobby that, um, sort of started out, um, just to see what your achievements have been and, you know, you you deserve it. The Will, Will Zeglis as well, another one who's, you know, started out with as a kid and he's kicking ass with the Rubens and so many, you know, that I've seen going on and you all deserve it and, uh, you know, and humble at the same time, which is that's why you get called back, man. You, like you have to be someone who people want to hang out with as well as being good and bringing the right vibe and and you all do that and I'm as I said I'm like a proud dad it's uh it's a it's wonderful to see no you're a legend man all right now let's get into how the lockdown we'll just quickly get into this lockdown thing and how it's affected you it's whether it's had a positive or negative effect on you and um and how you've sort of been keeping busy if there's any um, projects you've been going on. I know, Pete, you've been working on some stuff with Adam. Maybe you can um, tell everybody what you've been working on in these five months bar taking a well-earned break. Well, I got my priorities straight. So first up, I rewatched The Sopranos. Okay, <laughs> Still um, have never seen The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, mate. Okay. You, you haven't lived, okay? <laughs> and I'm catching up on Sopranos podcasts and things like that. Um, uh, yeah, look, Adam's been... Um, writing and recording heaps of stuff so i've been bouncing some tracks back and forth with him um and we've been doing some studio work with with never ending 80s which has been um you know heaps good fun i've been um also mainly when it comes to practice and things just sitting around with an acoustic guitar working on singing um and you know want to come out of it a better i guess a backing vocalist at least um, than I was going in, but um, I, I really enjoy that. And I've also been going into the studio every few weeks with um, my mate Phil Bowley and um, and Johnny Hayes and guys like that, and and having a having a bash and just you know playing some blues and you know bashing through the covers that we've been doing all these years. Um, yeah, so it's I've I've been doing a lot, catching up on a fair bit of television and family life basically, um, uh, and that's it. Like I'm I'm heaps busy. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just, um, yeah, just like I said before, just still enjoying the break. Um, I'm keen to get back out there obviously, but, uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'm looking positively at it. And you said you did a brass monkey gig with never ending eighties to like a small seated crowd. How, how was that? How was the vibe there? It was, I mean, it was great vibe for both shows. Um, so we basically do two. They're they're running a series where they're doing two shows of an afternoon, two two sorry, two seated shows, one early in the evening, one later in the evening, um, and um, yeah, it's about forty something people per show. Um, it's just great to get back on stage and and kind of do what you do. Um, the crowd find a way to get into it, even though um, they're kind of locked in a, a seat 
um, and they're very, very. Um, it's it's almost as if like you know the applause and whatnot afterwards is is just as loud as if there was a hundred people in there because they're just appreciative to be there as an audience as well. You know they like they 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 people are dying for live music out there. Absolutely, and they can't sing. You're not supposed to sing along in New South Wales either, right? Yeah, apparently. So, um, yeah. <laughs> How does um, that work? How do they police uh, that? Oh, it's just crazy. people walking around with muzzles. Yeah. You shut up. You shut up. Um, yeah. And you, you have a live stream um, coming up with NeverEnding 80s that I saw? Oh, uh, no, we did have one planned, but it was postponed. Um, oh, okay. For now, uh, for for a little while, we're having some border issues with our singer um, being in Queensland, and so it's just generally really hard to organise things. So we're just kind of um, sitting back at the moment and waiting for a more um, um, a bit more certainty before we get into something. Yeah, cool. Um, Stevie, how you've sort of touched on a little bit what you've been doing in the downtime, but you've got your podcast that keeps you busy. Um, yep. How how's that all looking? Great, man. Really good. Uh, my I've still got my day job. Very grateful for that. Um, I'm as busy as I've ever been in that. So um, I'm not haven't taken the financial hit. So you know, really grateful for that. Um, yeah, man. Like well, I think I said to you last week, Rob. I, I just come out of two. I just I gave myself two weeks off from the podcast, which I hadn't done since I started it um, two years ago. So. Um, but back into it now, man. Um, the only difference now with with COVID, obviously, is most of my uh, interviews were one to one, face to face. I'd go out to them, or they'd come to my studio. And um, but obviously, that um, yeah, that all ended. So I I had to go to Zoom type interviews, like we're kind of like we're doing now. Um, yep. I did have one a few weeks back, face to face, which was good. Um, I had. Uh, last week's, uh, yeah, last week's one. He was supposed to be coming here. My daughter woke up with a cough, so naturally we took her to get the COVID test, and that kind of put our house into into sort of a little mini lockdown until she got her results. So um, he couldn't come over, but we ended up doing it, um, you know, via a Zoom type thing. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm just just crew, man. Um, Yep. Has that made it easier to get guests that you haven't had to do face-to-face or have been people more open to coming on? Or um, What I have found, I found some resistance from a bunch of people because they don't feel that there's a gig life anymore, you know, with the podcast being called The Gig Life. I, I present it to them and they're like, well, I don't have a gig at the moment. I, I don't feel right coming to talk to you. It was just not really about that. It's right. about it's a history. It's a kind of a, you know, a, a timeline of, of up to up to COVID, I suppose. So I've encountered that a little bit, um, and had a couple of people cancel cancel last minute, um, but that's cool. I respect that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I just keep asking, man. Just keep asking people, and it's funny you get that kickback because I've started a petition. I started a petition up here because. You know, it's one thing to whinge and complain about the situation. It's another thing to kind of try and do something about it, even if it's futile and it does nothing. Um, at least you can say you tried, you know. So, um, and I've experienced some real kickbacks from some people over the border, and understandably so. Um, 
feeling that, you know, I'm endangering their safety or something. But uh, when you explain to people that the Northern Rivers area has been COVID-free longer than Queensland and uh, that not only do we rely on Queensland, but they rely on Northern New South Wales for a lot of things and um, that it's this symbiotic relationship that if there's, there should be some sort of exemption. And um, if you do want to sign that petition, it's basically that allows people with businesses in Queensland but happen to live over the border, um, can cross into Queensland for work, um, considering all of the factors like they're not sick, that they haven't been to Sydney or Melbourne or whatever, and they're basically isolating at home like most of us musicians have um, because we want to help. You know, the venues in Queensland for me have supported me and I want to be able to pay them back and bring them back by supporting them in this time. And I'm currently not able to do that in the capacity that I was before because two of my guys are outside what they call the border bubble. I can only go as far north as the Gold Coast uh, Shire. So I'm stuck in this little place where I've got to cancel gigs in Byron Bay and Brisbane um, and the sunny coast so that I can keep doing gigs in my little bubble and there's not that many of those. But, uh, yeah, if you want to, I'll post a link to that petition if anybody wants to sign it and just it's not just me there's doctors and nurses and aged care workers that need to get over the border too that can't do that um there's been a few news stories out there on mothers having babies sent to brisbane hospital and can't visit them for two weeks and Mm. you know it's having a huge impact it's not it's not a selfish thing it's uh it's for everybody i don't feel entitled like they should let me they should just let people that um it's safe to let over. So that's my rant. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, Bennett, what have you been up to other than, you know, relaxing? Uh, is there anything planned um, coming out of this? Have you been uh, learning songs for any anything that's coming up that might happen? Um, no, well, funny enough, I was actually meant to be in Melbourne this week. Um uh, doing the Floyd show, um, which obviously didn't happen. Um, mate, I've been a bit like Stevie. I had some injury stuff over the last few years. Um, so I've, I've had some lower back stuff and also tendonitis in both arms sporadically. So I actually took the first couple of months to just, I, I didn't do much at all <clears throat> in terms of drumming. Um, and it's really helped. Um, plus I've been doing um, uh, a lot of fitness stuff. So uh, with COVID, obviously the gyms are shut, um, but I was working with a trainer uh, in town uh, before COVID hit uh, to help me with building up uh, core strength and glute strength, basically all the, the lower back stuff that I'd had was because I'd done no glute work, I'd done no ab stuff, you know, lifting weights, <clears throat> but, you know, taking drums around for, you know, 10 years and not using any strength to, you know, help my lower back. Um, so anyway, I was working with this guy and um, COVID hit. And now I've been doing programs at home three, four times a week uh, with PTP stuff and bands and all the rest of it, going out for swims. So basically I've been trying to, you know, kind of just look after myself for a little bit. Plus we also have uh, some exciting news on the the home front, um, which is my wife's 18 weeks pregnant. So congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Um, 
So, yeah, what, what, you know, that's some positive uh, has definitely come out of it. So we're expecting a little drummer girl in, uh, in January. So, um, yeah, life will obviously never be the same again. Oh, um, <laughs> planning, the, planning a nursery and getting all that ready. Well, as I was mentioning before, we're kind of, you know, because I've been working from uh, from from home, um, you know, wondering if do I need to stay in Sydney? You know, obviously the, the gigs are going to be, you know, important, but who knows where things are heading. So, yeah, we're kind of just looking at a whole, whole range of things at the moment. Um, but I've been really enjoying also just being able to, <clears throat> I've pretty much, excuse me, I've pretty much worked in the CBD for like 20 years, not having to go to the city and back, you know, not having to do that every day mm. is just amazing. I remember thinking halfway, thank you, Gary. Um, I remember thinking halfway through this year, like, is this ever going to end? Like, you know, I love the gigs on the weekend, but just the commute to work and the whole, you know, I, I love parts of the job and I love the team I work with. I'm very lucky, especially all, all things considered with COVID, just actually having a job, I'm incredibly grateful. But, yeah, that was really kind of playing on my mind early this year, like, am I, am I going to need to change what I'm, and then COVID hit. So the working from home thing's been great. So yeah, what I was trying to say is I've been going out for more work, walks and just trying to get into to nature more and yeah, kind of get a bit more mindful about things. So yeah, it's, there's been, obviously it's horrible that, you know, well, no, no one would have wished this on anyone, but um, you know, you've got to look at the positives in, in things. So yeah, trying to you know, make things good, good on the home front. Good on you, man. Well, that's wonderful. All right. We have reached the final segment of tonight's show. And I... dun, dun. <laughs> drum roll, please. <laughs> Two drummers. Where's the drums? Come on. Um <laughs> bags there, look. Yep. They're still in the bags. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, we call I call this the plug. So basically, um, anything you want to plug. Uh, in your life musically, uh, it can be a podcast, be something you're working on, could be a documentary you've seen on Netflix, could be a band that somebody missed criminally or something new that's come out. I'm finding a theme with everybody though. There's not a lot of people listening to new music, um, but that's all right. It's fine. I'm still getting some cool, some cool recommendations. So I'm going to kick off this time. Uh, I haven't heard from Pete for a while. So, Pete, the plug. What would you like to plug? Uh, besides the Talking Sopranos podcast um, and uh, Fake sorry, Doctors, can, Real Friends. Can I? Can I? Sorry, can I butt in there? That I'm really interested in this. So, is it the is it the actual story? Is it the like the TV show but spoken, or is it something? No. So what the the Talking Sopranos one is is two of the actors. Uh, yeah. It's Michael Imperioli, who was Christopher, and and Bobby Bacala, um, which is Steve Sharipa. And they over the last couple of years they've been touring around the world talking ah, about the Sopranos. Right. And so now what they're doing since COVID is is going through episode per an episode a week. Um, getting other stars in um, to talk about and then just talking through the whole episode. And, look, there's tons of talking about music on there and how the music is used and everything like that. It's really good. Um, it's just really, really insightful. And if you're someone like, like me who watches the whole series once a year, um, you'd, you'd, you'd really dig it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. And that, that one I mentioned before, that um, Fake Doctor's Real Friends, is, is the Scrubs podcast with, um, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, and they're doing the same thing basically, um, going through an episode a week or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's really good. Um, 
I guess uh, the only new band I've listened to over the last couple of years, um, I've I've been enjoying the stuff that Fangs have been doing. The guys from um, their Sydney band, a um, bunch of guys that hang out with Frankie's Pizza. Um, and um, I've got some friends that are mutual friends with there, and they've put out a couple of EPs over the last couple of years, and I think that they've been pretty pretty awesome um, local band. So I don't know them personally, but I'll give them a plug because um, it's good that they're still having a bash, and they've been doing pl- plenty of stuff as well since they've been in since the lockdowns and everything like that. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll give them a plug. They sound awesome. Good. Adam wants to plug the Pretty Reckless. Pretty reckless, worthless. What is he talking about? I don't even know like what a, They're like a uh, what, like hard rock. Oh, ah, yeah. And isn't it the former actress? I want to say Lizzie Hale or something. Oh no, that's Hailstorm. Um, anyway, pretty reckless. I have listened to them. Um, Stevie, you got some? Uh, got a plug for us? I do. Um, it's called the Gig Life Podcast, but you knew I was yeah. going to say that. But no, 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 go check it out. Yeah, um, no, there's a episode there's, 93. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, featuring. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's a bloody good one, actually. Go and listen to that one, that's really good. They're all good. Um, no, uh, in two weeks' time, um, we're finally uh, recording the Steve Gadd Spotlight um podcast um last year we did a jeff Picaro um spotlight podcast where um myself uh john adams dave ferry um kerry buchanan in new zealand and the great louis shelton um got together and we just talked about jeff Picaro all night and um made a podcast and the start of this year uh we had it booked in for for march but obviously COVID hit and it got cancelled but we've rescheduled for two weeks and it's myself um, Gordon Rittmeister, Hamish Stewart, Darren Frugia, and Lance Phillip, who's um, my old drum teacher from New Zealand. So really excited about that. We've been, um, between us, throwing a whole bunch of uh, obscure Steve Gad tracks around and listening and, you know, getting a short list of songs together, and it's just been great. Um, yeah, yeah, since, since we got the green light to do that again, I've just been stoked. Can't wait going to be awesome. Killer. Killer, killer. Bennett, got some, uh, got a plug for us? Mate, I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts, uh, which is actually nothing new, but I, I just find myself coming back to them. Um, he had David Blaine on today, the magician. Oh, oh, I, can't, I can't wait for well, that one. I was just five minutes in. It's already like, this is, this is going to be wild. So, um, yeah, I just find myself just going back to them, they're not, they're not all, they're not all you know, um, brilliant, but, you know, there's so many of them are. Did you listen to the whole Post Malone one? Dude, do you know what? I, I saw something about them taking mushrooms and I went, I've got to watch this another time. I, I, I think I need to be in the right headspace to watch that one. <laughs> I listened and, yeah, I lasted 15 minutes. And 10, <laughs> 10, 10 minutes of that's Joe's plugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that? And- <laughs> oh man, like nah, I, nah, I was out. Um, what else? <clears throat> I was actually I was, uh, the other day. I was trying to find the She Had documentary. I could I couldn't find it for some reason. I don't oh, know where I, I can. I'll, I don't know where it, I can rent it. But I've got the. I'll send it to you when we get offline. I need to do that, dude. But I thought like you must be able to rent it somewhere. But I, I couldn't. But I no, could no, rent I'm happy to chat no. with you. Yes, yeah, sweet as yeah. 
Cool. Um, what else? Um, and man, I just kept coming back to Tedeschi Trucks Band. I just, I'm in love with that band. I just absolutely always just come back to them every now and then. So yeah, lately they've been getting smashed on the on the stereo. Awesome. What about Sleeshman Drums, man? Do you want to give them a plug? <laughs> Dave, shout out to Dave. <clears throat> Dave. My, my, my man crush. Um, no, what what a legend. Um, yeah, I've been amazingly lucky to get connected. So the story with that was that so Virginia, um, Virginia Lily, uh, who's, um, you know, who I play with quite a lot and when I was in her band Lily, um, so she's family friends with the, with the Schleichmans, which I had no idea about. And so when I joined Lily, she said, hey, I should introduce you to Dave. And it's funny going back to, so 19, I don't want to say how old, it was a long time ago when I, uh, I did one year at the Australian Institute of Music. And they had a Schleichman kit, and uh, I just remember this thinking this sounds amazing. So I'd always been a fan of the drums. Anyway, so Virginia said, oh, I should meet him, hooked it up. We got together, like everyone, you know, just you fall in love with him. He's just the nicest guy. Yeah. Um, and he said, uh, yeah, you know, more than happy for you guys to use a Schleichman kit for any of the Lily tours. And so that's how it kind of started. And then over time, I was just like, we call him going, Dun-dun. anyway, so I've been very lucky that, yeah, it's been, I think it worked out the other day, it was probably 2013 when I first met him. So seven years um, on and off, but for the last three years, I think almost like exclusively only used the the Black uh, the black Beast uh, Schleichman kit. So now what a legend. Thank you so much, Dave, if you're listening. Uh, I've legend. got some Dave Schleichman stories. I was going to say, come on, <laughs> yeah, no, I've got a funny Don Sleeshman story though. Um, oh, what a legend as well. We were, um, we, you know, Dave Sleeshman. For anyone who does know, Dave Sleeshman is playing drums as Davey Rocket in Never Ending Eighties, and um, they, uh, we caught up with Don uh, in Foster, I believe he lives up there now, and we were up there touring last year, and we all caught up for a cafe for breakfast in the morning, and we're just sitting there eating breakfast at this beachside cafe and Don just pulls out this big kick pedal that he's working on. He's still designing <laughs> drums and whatnot. And he's got a set square and he's got some diagrams showing what he's going to do with it and everything. He's going to design drums still forever. It's, a, it was, it's hilarious. He's a genius. Right in the, the middle of the table. <laughs> Check at this. Yeah. Right. The first band that I joined up here on the Gold Coast um, was, was Peter McFarland's, uh, band and it's where I met Charles Longy. Hey, Charles. Um, but Pete McFarlane was in Finch uh, with Bob Spencer and etc. But he had a, I think he's when he went to his studio to rehearse, he's got a first year Sleeshman, I think. Oh, wow. He's been playing it since back then. Yeah. So that's, uh, and you know, we've all, I think, well, you two wouldn't have done. Stevie and Bennett, you wouldn't have done gigs with Dave, but uh, Pete and I have, and he's one of the sweetest guys too. It's good um, to be around. The Gig Life Podcast, episode 11, Dave yep. Switch. I did out. listen to that one. It was awesome. Yep. It's good to hear Dave's voice. Oh, that was a vibe. We just set up in his office. It was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. I tried to grab a snare drum on the way out, but it, it didn't happen. <laughs> it was awesome, man. He's, he's such a cool dude. All right, so I'm going to solo myself for this plug because this is a special plug um, and I'll come back to you guys. So I want to plug Support Act. Um, The lovely Nick at Byron Music has uh, kindly handed me today this guitar strap, which I will sport proudly. 
Um, so for anyone who doesn't know about Support Act, they're an organisation that is helping uh, musicians, songwriters, uh, anybody in the industry through this COVID period uh, with grants. Um, they're helping as much as they can. Uh, I know for most of us, we make our music by playing other people's music. Um, and thankfully, I've my band set up as a business, so I've been able to get JobKeeper and JobSeeker over the time. Um, but there's creatives out there, freelancers that, um, yeah, they weren't eligible for any of these payments and Support Act are helping them out. So um, if you want to go there and make a do- donation or uh, you can do that, the links are in the description for the video. So, um, yeah, please go and do that. It'll help some people out that you may have been enjoying their music up to now. Uh, so that's my plug. Um, check out the new single by Tyler Bryant and The Shakedown. It's brilliant. I think it's called Crazy or Crazy Times. It sounds like it belongs on the uh, on a Black Crows record uh, from the late 90s, but that's that's good in itself. So And check out, oh. while I remember... Eddie Trunk just interviewed um, Steve. Come on, what's his name? The drummer from the Black Crows. Oh, Gorman, is it? Gorman? Steve Gorman. That's it. Um, that's amazing. Talks about his book that he released. Um, he's a sports. About, he's a sports commentator, isn't he? Yeah, he did. He moved into that. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's a very uh, enlightening podcast. And I've been trying to get the book. Can't find it, but. Um, keep it that but i want to thank pete bennett stevie thank you so much for being on the musicians in tonight um we'll say goodbye off air but for everyone who contributed to tonight's episode and tuned in and if you're tuning in late thank you so much we'll see you all again next week 7 30 wednesday cheers good night thank you